Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is Reverend Rosemary with you. Thanking God for this wonderful opportunity that we have to sit again together at the table of the word. We're going to open our study with a word of prayer. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for joining us together today to look into the mirror of your word. We pray that by your Holy Spirit, you will speak to us, enlighten us, and empower us to be doers of your word. We thank you, Lord, for meeting us at our point of need, for helping us become more and more established in your light that dispels the darkness and in truth that gives us the victory. We surrender to your Lordship and ask you to have free course in our lives for your glory and for our rejoicing. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, today we are looking at the topic, strengthen yourself in the Lord. This is our topic today. We are speaking about strengthening ourselves in the Lord. You know, life is a journey that is full of challenges and for which we need strength. And this is true, particularly if we are believers. We are living in a world where we are actually swimming against the current. Everything is just the opposite of the way that the Lord has called us to live. The Bible says that this world has a God, which we know is the enemy, is the devil, who seeks to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And therefore, he will do anything and everything in his power to prevent us from living the life that God has called us to. So that's why I'm saying that it is particularly true that if we are believers, that we need strength. And the Bible calls us to be strong in the Lord. Amen. And it's really crucial that we need, that, that we know how to do this. And this implies maintaining a, a, a strategic position over our life and over our mind, which the enemy wants to turn into a battlefield. And therefore, our connection with God will create and establish the basis of our strength in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. You know, understanding the significance of the words that we read in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, uh, that tells us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Um, it is essential for us to understand the significance of those words if we are going to successfully fight the good fight of faith and therefore combat opposing spiritual forces. Um, there, there is a whole passage there in Ephesians 6 uh, from verse 10 to verse 18 uh, that's related to spiritual warfare that speaks of putting on the spiritual armor that God has provided us and instructed us to put on and therefore to be properly dressed for battle. You know, God has given us everything we need to always be strong and to walk in victory. Amen. Uh, the Lord wants us to be strong in spirit, in soul, and in body, and in every you know, area of life, um, such as, for example, financially. Uh, the Bible says that money is a defense. Amen. And so we need to appropriate all the benefits for which Jesus paid the price for us at the cross. Amen. And so um, we, we truly, um, you know, God doesn't want us to lack of any good thing. He is our shepherd. Hallelujah. And um, therefore, you know, he has given us, the Bible tells us uh, all that we need for life and for life and godliness. And therefore nothing is lacking. Amen. And so, um, you know, we are going to 
look at the different ways in which uh, the Lord strengthens us. He brings strength into our life. Hallelujah. And what we must do and how we must position ourselves to receive that strength. Amen. We're going to start by looking um, at uh, the, the account of um, that is found in the book of Acts chapter 3. Amen. And it is the, the, the story of a man who received strength in his body. Amen. He went from being infirmed uh, to being made whole. Hallelujah. Um, and I'm sure that most of us know that uh, the, this story, um, Acts chapter 3. And uh, uh, actually, um, for our purpose, I'm going to just uh, look at verses 1 through, um, let's see, verse 9. And then after that, we'll just jump to verse 12. And I'm doing this because, um, you know, of the time that we have. But in your own personal time, you can go ahead and read the whole passage. Acts chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping, stood up and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Amen. So we see here that this man received his healing. Hallelujah. And uh, was overtaken with joy and was leaping, hallelujah, um, and praising God. And uh, we learn immediately thereafter that the people, they looked on with amazement, and um, Peter then uh, stood up and explained to them that it was faith in the name of Jesus that made that man strong. Amen. And I'm reading uh, right now uh, from verse 12. And um, and again, this is Peter speaking, saying, and his name, that is Jesus, the name of Jesus, through faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Amen. Hallelujah. So we just said that uh, that all things have been given to us for life and godliness. And we see that in this account, one of the things, or should I say in this case, the weapon given to God's people for life is the name of Jesus. Amen. It was not Peter's power that caused this man to be made whole, to receive strength. But it was faith in the name of Jesus. And whenever we express faith in the name of Jesus for strength, God will strengthen us. Amen. We have um, the, uh, uh, a scripture from Isaiah that actually tells us that God strengthens us. Those who lack strength, that God strengthens them. And um, this verse is found in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 29. Amen. And we are told in that verse that God gives power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Hallelujah. 
praise God. So we must expect that the name of the Lord will do what he said it will do. So when we call on that name, we must expect the name to give us the strength that we desire and need. Hallelujah. It's important also to note that in uh, the passage we read from the book of Acts chapter 3 and verse, verse 5, that the infirm man expected something from these uh, the apostles. Amen. He expected something. We are told, actually, let's go back and read again verse 5. It says, and he, that is this, this man, um, he gave heed unto them, that is Peter and John. Amen. So he, he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Amen. So um, this man had an expectation and he expected to receive something. And, you know, it is spiritual law that we give birth to what we are expecting. Therefore, expectation will bring a performance of that thing which we expect. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul uh, confirms this in um, Philippians uh, chapter 1 and verse 20, where he writes, He says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Amen. So what Paul is saying here is that he has an earnest expectation. Amen and a hope. And he said, and in that expectation and in that hope, he shall not be ashamed. Hallelujah. God never will put him to shame because there will be a performance of that earnest expectation in his life. Praise God. So we see that we need faith to release things in our lives. Uh, the things that God has planned for us, amen, not just in our lives, but in our children's lives, in our, you know, from generation to generation, hallelujah. God wants us to be blessed. He wants that there'll be a performance, amen, of the things that he has planned, and we must know those things. Therefore, we have to be connected, remain connected to him, so that we can tap into his mind and know those things that God has planned for us. And therefore, like Paul, have an earnest expectation. Amen. Praise God. So, you know, this is God's promise to us that there will always be a performance of the things that we believe. And that is why it's so, you know, God cautions us about Uh, what we receive in our heart. Amen. Because what we receive in our heart, uh, remember, I believe it's Proverbs 23 and verse 7, that tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen. So we will learn to, um, you know, be cautious about what we allow in our heart. Actually, Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verses 20 to 23, makes that point. And let me go ahead and turn to that passage. Um, Proverbs 4, verses 20 to 23. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. So notice what we are told here, that we are to keep God's word in front of our eyes 
in the midst of our eyes. We have to incline our ears to the word of God. Why? Because they are life to those that find them. They are health to all their flesh. And then he says, keep your heart with all diligence. Amen. Why? Because out of our heart will flow the issues of our life. So prior to telling us to keeping our heart with all diligence, we are told what we are to allow inside our heart. And once that has our heart has been filled with the word, we have inclined our ears to, to God's sayings. We have, you know, kept them in front of our eyes. We have put them in, in, in our heart. Amen. We are to make sure to guard the word inside our heart because out of that word will flow the issues of our life. However, if we do not keep the word of God, but rather we allow other things to come into our heart, then whatever we have allowed in uh, will give out something. Amen. Our, our, uh, the issues of our life, amen, will flow from that deposit that we have in our heart. So that's why it's so essential for us, amen, uh, to make sure that we have the right thing uh, there, amen, and that right thing is the word. You know, scripture makes it clear that our thoughts and our words are the building blocks of our lives. And therefore it's imperative uh, that we think the right thoughts. You know, thoughts are transforming. Amen. Um, you know, words and thoughts are connected in that words are, in fact, you can call them thought capsules. They are thought containers. Amen. And let's remember that um, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34 teaches us that out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Amen. So now if you look at um, th this, th th this whole thing, you know, you put it together, you re we realize that, you know, what we allow in our heart, you know, will eventually, um, you know, dictate uh, the direction of our life in that it will, you know, impact our thoughts. It will impact our words. Amen. Because what we keep inside of us, we end up speaking. We just read that from Matthew 12, 12 uh, and verse 34, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But then again, we have to remember that very important principle that we find in Proverbs chapter 18, verses 20 to 21, that says that a man's belly will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips, he will be filled. And then it goes on to say, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. So whatever we end up speaking, amen, we will reap. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And we can either speak life to our life, and we do that by keeping the word of God alive in us, amen? Or we can speak death to our life if we allow the things of this world to come in. And, uh, you know, the Bible talks about the wisdom of uh, different types of wisdom that um, exist. And uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, actually, and it talks about the wisdom of, um, no, no, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 speaks about the wisdom of uh, the world. It speaks about the wisdom of Satan. And then it speaks about the wisdom of God. Amen. So we have to make sure that, you know, we walk in the wisdom of God. We don't allow the wisdom of the world, nor the wisdom of the princes of the world, which is the wisdom of the enemy, to enter into our heart and mine for that matter. So going back to the book of Acts, uh, chapter three, and, and again, looking at verse five, when we said that this man was expecting something, that infirm man, hallelujah, notice that he gave heed, amen, he paid attention 
to the 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 the, the disciples, Jesus's disciples, to Peter and to John. Hallelujah. And secondly, he expected to receive something uh, from them. And therefore, when you know, it teaches us that when we pay attention to something, it means that we have an interest in it. Hallelujah. And therefore, uh, you know, we've given our attention and even our affection to that thing. And therefore, we should expect this thing to happen. Praise God, because this is based on spiritual principles that you actually become what you behold. Praise God. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 actually puts that very well, you know, explaining to us that as we behold, as in a, in a mirror or as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, that we are transformed from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Even as by the spirit of the Lord. Uh, so basically what this is telling us is when we take on the word of God, we are beholding it. We are, you know, focusing on it. We're giving it our attention that is going to have an impact on us, that we are allowing the spirit of God to work in us. And in so doing, we are being transformed from glory to glory and becoming even in the very image of the one that we are beholding, which is Jesus. We are becoming therefore more Christ-like. So that principle of becoming what you behold is true um, in, in, in all cases, whether, you know, it works, whether we are working with the word of God or with things that are not of God. And that's why we have to be so careful as to what we allow in our heart, amen, and what we are beholding. Hallelujah. Attending to the word means that we are to pay attention, that we are to spend time with the word, that we are to be friend with the word. Amen. Uh, you know, in Luke chapter 10, we see Jesus stressing the importance of giving first place to the word. And this passage, actually, that I'm uh, looking at right now, um, it's Luke chapter 10, uh, verses 38 to 42. And um, it's a passage that recounts the story of Mary and Martha and how Mary paid attention to the word. Uh, let me go ahead and read that. Um, Luke 10, verse 38 to 42. Now it came to pass as they went that he, that is Jesus, entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Now notice Jesus's answer to Martha. And this is in starting verse 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Amen. Hallelujah. So we see here, you know, that Jesus is telling us how we must focus on the word. It is a good part. It is the good thing that we must allow into our heart, that we must let, let it be our focus. We must let it be our vision. Hallelujah. We must look on, the, on him, on Jesus, on who is the word. Hallelujah. And, you know, to receive what God has for us, uh, we have to all agree that we need a renewal of our mind. Amen. Uh, we must learn to see things God's way. And none of us is born like that and wired like that. Why? Because we are all born and shaped in sin. And we all have to contend with something that the Bible calls the flesh. Amen. And so we have to allow our mind to be renewed by the word. 
uh, so that we can see things from God's perspective. Amen. Whatever the word says, um, we, we have to train ourselves to see ourselves from that perspective. That is from the perspective of the word. And until we do that, we come to that point where we see ourselves from the perspective of the word, then we are not really in agreement with the word. Amen. We may have an intellectual knowledge of what the word says, but until we can actually see ourselves from the words, the, the word's perspective, we don't really have it. We need that union with the word. We need to see it. Uh, and that comes through revelation knowledge. Hallelujah. As we spend time in the word, the, the Holy Spirit will download that into our spirit and we will start identifying with the word. You know, Peter and John in Acts again, chapter three, told the man, look on us, look on us. And the man, in a sense, obeyed because he took the, we read that he took heed, he focused on what um, P- Peter and John, wh- what they were telling him, amen. So um, this means for us that we ought to take our eyes off of ourselves, hallelujah, and look on what the word tells us. Because the same way for this man, he had to take his eyes off of himself to see, you know, the, that change that he needed in his situation. And if we also desire change in our lives, um, then we have to remove, uh, or in other words, take our eyes off of ourselves um, in order to receive what the Lord has for us. Amen. Because we have to see what we are expecting. Amen. Hallelujah. And um, only the word and the Holy Spirit working through the word will show us, uh, give us a revelation of where God is taking us. And this is how God operates. Amen. Uh, This is, for example, a principle that we find in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, where the Lord was speaking to uh, Jeremiah. And um, actually, in verse 11, uh, Jeremiah says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? Amen. What do you see? And Jeremiah answered, I see the rod of a, um, an almond tree. And then in verse 12, the Lord answered to Jeremiah. He said to him, you have well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Amen. You see, Jeremiah saw, and when he saw, he communicated that to the Lord, what he had seen, and the Lord told him, you have well seen. And because you have seen well, in other words, what you have seen what I, I have shown you, what is coming from me, hallelujah, then I will hasten my word to perform it. So your, what you're seeing must be in agreement with what I am showing you, amen, so that we can be in one accord. And when that happens, then the word will be hastened and God will perform his word. Amen. So you see, the word of God must replace any wrong thought or, you know, and any wrong thinking first through the renewing of our mind. Uh, There must be a paradigm shift that is a change of mind and a change of ways of doing things. Um, And we must be transformed. And Again, when this happens, it is the Holy Spirit revealing both God and you to yourself. Amen. Um, In other words, the Holy Spirit, he lets you see your inward man uh, and what he has for you. And he convinces you that this promise belongs to you, that it's yours. And because of that, then there is a willingness Because we see the end from the beginning. God reveals to us where he's taking us. Amen. Uh, This is knowing by revelation 
in the deepest place of our heart, the, you know, that something um, has changed in the spirit realm and that God is taking us to a different place. And so we have to be able to see that first. Before being blessed, we must see, first see ourselves as God does. Amen. And uh, see things God's ways, which enables us then to connect with him. Amen. Uh, we find another account in the book of Mark chapter 10. And this is um, the story of um, a man who, a blind man who was seeking uh, healing from Jesus. Um, Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. Amen. And notice that in, in all these examples uh, or stories that we are looking at uh, from the word of God, it's all about change in people's lives, taking them from a position of weakness to a place of strength, from a position of being sick to a position of being healed. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we are studying today as, you know, about strengthening ourselves in the Lord. And we started by saying that there are many ways in which we need to receive strength in our spirit, in our soul, in our body, in different areas of our life, in our professional life, in our finances. And we are, and this is what this study is doing, going over different ways in which God has touched different people and is willing to touch us the same way. Amen. Hallelujah. And so that we can be made strong in him and in the power of his might. Amen. So let's go ahead and read from Mark. 10 verses 46 to verse 52. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he would Hold his, but he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calls thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, there is something worth noting here that um, this man might have been blind. That is, his natural eyes may have been unable to see. However, in the spirit realm, it, he saw what a lot of other people around Jesus did not see. And that is why he kept crying louder and louder until he caught Jesus' attention. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, in, in this passage, there is a lot there. But one thing that I would like to mention is that uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17, we are told that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Amen. And this is speaking of the believer's connection with God, his oneness with God. And in the Jewish tradition, the word mercy indicates or signifies healing. Amen. And therefore, uh, this man, blind Bartimaeus, kept crying louder and louder, son of David, have mercy on me. And it is because he saw something, amen, and he made a connection with that, whatever he saw. And the moment that he came one with him, that is with Jesus, who is the word of God, this man was in a position to receive healing, amen. So over and over, we find accounts in scripture where 
men and women were facing extraordinary challenges, uh, but they chose to connect with God and they received their deliverances. They received their breakthroughs. Amen. We note, for example, that Paul and Silas in the book of Acts and uh, chapter, chapter 16, how they had been, Paul and Silas had been unfairly thrown in prison. Um, and in, in this midnight hour of their lives, you know, they remain strong in spirit and in soul. And how did they remain strong? And one of the ways the Bible tells us, um, if we read Acts 16, uh, verses 25 and 26, amen, we see that um, their, their decision, amen, uh, was key in, um, in them receiving deliverance, amen, and the breakthrough that they needed. Um, let's go ahead and read verses 25 and 26. It says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. Amen. So not only did uh, Paul and Silas, amen, were, were freed from uh, the chains that had, uh, you know, they, they had been chained to the prison, amen. But the other prisoners as well, apparently their bands or their chains were loosed. And uh, so we see that, um, you know, as a result of Paul and Silas choosing to pray, choosing to trust God, choosing to sing praises in the midst of their affliction, we see that God's power fell and delivered them from that prison. Amen. Uh, and we, again, as I said, there are so many examples in scripture where people just chose to trust God and do what would bring them strength in, that, in the situation that they find themselves in. And that's how God allows them to go through that period of testing and until he gives the breakthrough, hallelujah, he wants us to remain strong and to know that he is God and that all we need to do is to be still and watch the deliverance of the Lord. Amen. In First Samuel chapter 30, we have uh, the same, you know, pretty much the same story about David, um, how when he and his men came from uh, battle and found that um, their families as well as all their possessions were gone. They had been taken by the enemy. Um, their families were, had been taken captives by the enemy as well. <clears throat> and notice that David and his men had gone to battle uh, following God's will um, and, and what God had called them to do. And, uh, but when they came back home, they find that everything and everyone, all their loved ones, are gone, um, and they were, they, you know, they were filled with sorrow, and they turned against David. And we read in First Samuel chapter thirty and verse six that David was greatly distressed because the people were speaking about stoning him because they were so grieved. They were grieved for their sons and their daughters that had been taken away. But it says at the end there of verse six, he says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. It's important for us to note that word, encourage himself. In other words, he strengthened himself in the Lord. Amen. Um, you know, the same way in Acts chapter three, we see that the man who was healed, um, went away. What, what happened immediately thereafter was that the man started leaping. We were told that he was praising God. Amen. And so as he leaped and praised, his body grew stronger. This is a man who had never walked ever. 
during, you know, all his life. He was born in that condition, amen. And as he began to leap and praise God, you know, his legs were being, you know, made strong. His feet were being made strong. Hallelujah. And so we have to learn to shift from wherever we are. Amen. Whatever circumstance we might be facing and learn to praise God because, uh, you know, God gives us a spirit of courage and he does that by his spirit. He motivates us. He encourages us. He strengthens us with, when we decide to do things his way. Amen. So here it is that David knew how to encourage himself in the Lord. Hallelujah. This man who received, uh, was expecting something and received that healing, he immediately jumped and praised God and more strength was made available to him so that he would walk normally and be made completely whole. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice that um, going back to Acts chapter 3, Peter says that it was the name of Jesus that made this man's whole. Amen. Uh, you know, so we know that the name of Jesus strengthens. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, um, it is God himself who is doing the strengthening. Amen. When we call on the name of Jesus, we, it is Jesus is, is, you know, we're calling on God himself and he's present whenever we call his name, he's there doing it, performing, you know, the, 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 the whatever is needed for that moment, meeting the people at their point of need. In Psalm chapter 20, verses one and two, notice what it says. He says, the Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Verse two, send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Amen. Hallelujah. So we see that the name of the God of Jacob is a defense and it also strengthens. Praise God. Remember Proverbs, no, sorry. Yes, Proverbs 18 and verse 10 that says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower, that the righteous run to it and are safe. Amen. So the name of the Lord, the name of Jesus strengthens us. Amen. It's a strong tower. Amen. Hallelujah. And whenever we run to that name, actually God wants us to run to the name. Amen. So that he can provide us with what is needed at that moment. And especially if we need strength, he will give it to us. Amen. So the name of Jesus strengthens. We also know that the word of God strengthens. It is programmed with power to do just that. Why? Because the word is alive. The word has life in itself to reproduce itself. Amen. It has life. It has strength. And it will reproduce inside the one who receives it by faith. Praise God. The Acts 20 and verse 32 tells us that the world builds us and gives us an inheritance. Amen. Acts 20 and 32. Praise God. The word builds and gives us an inheritance. And, you know, we understand, therefore, why uh, renewal of the mind through the word of God is so essential. Amen. And as we said earlier, uh, you know, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We are told in Proverbs 23, 7. And this confirms that our life harms what we visualize and what we expect. Amen. And it's so essential that from the word of God, we get a vision of the Lord. Amen. And um, when we do and we connect with him, his power will be released towards us because his power works with his word. Amen. Not what we want ourselves, but what his word. And when we receive his word and we connect with him, then his power will flow towards us to accomplish what he has sent the word to do. 
And this is what we've just seen in the accounts that we've just been reading about Peter, about Paul, about blind Bartimaeus. Amen. You know, it is not only our ankles and feet, in other words, our body that receives strength, but our soul, we saw with David, um, became encouraged. Our soul is emotionally encouraged. Hallelujah. God has so many ways in which he can strengthen his people. Praise God. We read in, in scripture times when the Lord uses his angels to strengthen his people. But let's note that, you know, we shouldn't just be calling on angels to strengthen us because angels, the Bible tells us in Psalm 103 and verse 20, that angels excel in strength and do God's commandment. How do they do it? This is hearkening unto the voice of his word. In other words, angels get their marching orders from God's word. So when we are in the word, amen, and we allow the word to be downloaded into us and we are fully convinced we, you know, we become one with that word. We get, you know, revelation from the Lord of how that word is to be applied in our lives. Amen. And we release that word. We speak that word, which is now has become the sword of our spirit. Amen. It is the sword of the spirit of God, which we have taken in and now is now released from our spirit, therefore, has become the sword of our spirit. The Bible says that God's angels go to work on our behalf. Amen. We see in scripture how they strengthen Jesus after his fast in Matthew chapter 4 um, and verse 11. It says that angels, um, you know, uh, came and ministered unto Jesus. Amen. So um, God sends angels of strength and power because he knows that we have an enemy we have there are demons who, who you know who attack and you know they they their their purpose well the bible tells us in john 10 10 to steal to kill and to destroy but the way they do that is oftentimes by draining uh the energy out of people to weaken them but god comes along and gives emotional strength hallelujah Praise God. So we see again that by being in the word, that God can use that word by, you know, and release, send his angels to minister to us. Amen. And then another way that God ministers to his people, uh, strength is, um, though, you know, it, this is what we can say is purely on the natural level, but it's not just natural because the Bible again tells us that, you know, it, when it comes to our finances, that money is a defense. And for example, when you look at Abraham's life, we see that God strengthened or fortified Abraham in all areas of life, including financial wealth. And likewise, God wants to fortify his people financially. Um, not just for themselves, but so that like Abraham, they can be a blessing unto others. Amen. Notice that God started by changing Abraham's mental picture, you know, which had become, uh, you know, this big new picture became edgy in his memory because of the promises that God gave him through the word that God spoke to him. And also, you know, the the way that, you know, what God had told, asked, tell him to do, told him to do so that he, to create a picture in his heart and in his mind of what God was speaking about. For example, God had shown him the stars of heaven and told him to look at the sand and the sea and promised that his descendants would be as numerous as these. And so, God has spoken to him in a way that he could understand. He got, he took hold of that revelation and ran with, ran with it. And likewise, God speaks to us in so many ways through promises, through revelations. Why? Because he knows that we are going to face warfare. Amen. And he wants to strengthen us, to give us that vision that will keep us, you know, steady, uh, looking towards the future 
having that, like Paul, that earnest expectation, knowing that in nothing will we be made ashamed. Why? Because God has spoken and God will perform his word. There will be a performance of that word. You know, let's go back again. Uh, for example, uh, at Isaiah, I read earlier Isaiah 40 and verse 29. I'm going to read that again, but this time I'm going to add uh, verses 30, 31. Um, yes, we're going to read that passage. Isaiah 40, verses 29 to 31. He, that is speaking about God, gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice this. The Lord gives power to the faint. He increases strength. He renews their strength. He causes them to mount up with wings as eagle. Hallelujah. They, they run and they are not weary. They walk and they are not faint. Hallelujah. This is what God will do for his people, you know, and the, and the, 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 our connection with God is through his word. And, you know, we must be strengthened through the word of God and his indwelling presence um, so much that despite whatever storm that may be challenging us, that we are strong in, strong to keep climbing higher and higher. Amen. And this happens, why? Because we spend time meditating on the word in order to get that word inside of us, because this is how revelation, you know, knowledge comes. And then from that revelation knowledge, having seen where God is taking us, amen, then we are filled with peace and joy. Amen. And we're talking about receiving strength. But notice that when we have a revelation from God and, you know, we know the outcome, we know the end, we know where God is taking us, which automatically gives us peace and joy. Then the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We are strong. When we are joyful, we are strong. Amen. The book of Nehemiah tells us this, you know, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And uh, furthermore, we see in um, Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, that God is a God of hope, amen, and that he fills his people with peace and joy in believing, hallelujah, meaning that when we receive his word by faith, hallelujah, we believe in the word, we, we trust in the Lord that he fills us with all peace and joy in believing. He says that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. So God wants us to abound in hope. Why? Because this hope is birthed from him, from having seen the end from the beginning. And when we know that this is from God, then it becomes our earnest expectation. And again, going back to what Paul said in the book of Philippians, he says, according to my earnest expectation that in nothing I shall be ashamed. So whenever there is true Bible hope, there is an expectation, amen, <clears throat> of the performance of that promise, of that hope, amen. So we must not allow ourselves to be discouraged. God wants us to stand strong until we get our breakthrough. But the only way we can stand strong is to allow the word to do its work in us. Amen. Because, you know, the enemy has no power to take the word away from us. All he can do is lie to us to try to disconnect us from God's promise. So that's why we must remain connected to the victory ahead, to the future that God has promised us. We are to abide in hope and let the word so fill us with hope that like planes, like the eagle, amen, we will fly above the storm. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll go ahead and, um, and read from the book of Proverbs, um, chapter 15 and verse 13. And that goes back 
to the issue of joy that, that, that proceeds from rev- the revelation that we receive from the word of God. Amen. Proverbs 15 and verse 13 says, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Amen. And then if you go on to verse 15 of the same chapter, Proverbs 15, 15, it goes on to say, He that is of a merry heart has a continual feast. Amen. Now let's jump to verse 30. Same chapter. It says, the light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and a good report makes the bone fat. Amen. Um, Notice the word rejoicing here. The light of the eye rejoices the heart. And then it says, a good report makes the bone fat. Um, What is a good report? Well, the good report is the good news. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, The good news brings gladness and we have the good news we have the gospel of jesus christ amen uh you know that jesus was anointed to proclaim good tidings amen um we see that in scripture for example when uh jesus came from his uh, fast and the bible says that he went into the temple in the book of Luke chapter four. And he says that he asked uh, the scroll of from Isaiah and he read from Isaiah chapter 61 and verses one, two, and three, amen. And he's doing that. And this account is stated in Luke, the book of Luke chapter four, verses 18 and 19. Actually, let me go ahead and read that passage. Luke 4, 18 to 19. And this is Jesus reading. And and let's not forget his reading, the scroll of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 to 3. And this is what he's reading. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Amen. Verse 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. Now, what I want you to do is to notice what happens in the next two verses. Amen. So we're going to look chapter four now verses 20 and 21. And it says, and he, that is Jesus, closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus was telling them that what he read from Isaiah 61 verses one and three was about him. And that this day, this good news, he has come to preach it because he was the one anointed to do so. He says, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. So the good news brought us, that is you and I, into the kingdom and will continue to keep us walking into our salvation. Amen. The word that is the gospel for everyday living, the Bible tells us, is the power of God unto salvation. Why? So that we might be the planting of the Lord. We might be trees of righteousness that the Lord might be glorified. Amen. So that's why the Bible tells us that a good report makes the bones fat. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, the word uh, itself tells us that we ought to ask in prayer. And when we ask, we shall receive. So if we want to be strong, we have to be people of prayer. We have to, our prayer life must be strong. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, You know, Matthew chapter seven, uh, verses seven and eight. Let's go ahead and read that. It's essential because prayer is like breathing for a believer. Amen. 
breathing in and breathing out. It's essential. And also we have to remember that prayer walks hand in hand with the word. We, you know, prayer with, I mean, the prayer without the word is an abomination. So as much as we read, we believe, amen, we stand on the word. And when we are standing is to pray the word. Hallelujah. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The, the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Amen. So notice here that we are, we are told to ask and it will be given. Hallelujah. For everyone who asks, receives. You know, the, the, the book of Jude um, it's only one chapter, verse 20, has this to say about prayer. It says that we are to build up our faith, our faith, amen, uh, or should I say build up ourselves on our most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost, amen. What happens when we pray in the Holy Ghost, meaning praying in the Spirit, we build ourselves up. In other words, we become stronger. You know, we are told in um, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 4 that he who speaks in an unknown tongues, in other words, who prays, who speaks in the Holy Ghost, amen, edifies himself. So speaking in tongues is a way of building yourself up or strengthening yourself. Praise God. Hallelujah. And God wants us to be strengthened with might in our inner man. We are told that in Ephesians 3.16, and in our, our inner man, uh, you know, it, it refers to our spirit man. And God want, wants us to be strengthened by his own spirit. Amen. And um, actually, let's go ahead and look at a couple of passages before we close. Amen. A um, couple of references to support this. Uh, one of them is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. Paul, this is Paul speaking, and he says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward men perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Amen. Hallelujah. So the inward man is that that hidden man that the spirit man which the apostle paul says is being renewed day by day so god wants this hidden man of the heart amen meaning our spirit man to be built up through prayer including praying in tongues including the study of the word amen you know god give us authority um you know and this authority, we have it through our spirit. Amen. It's not the physical man that God has armed with authority. It's not the natural man. It is the spirit man that is, has received authority. And looking at Adam, God, you know, the authority that God gave Adam, uh, it was to rule through his spirit. But thank God, though we had lost it, but through Jesus Christ, we who are born again in our spirit, we should build up our spirit men so that we can dominate our situations and circumstances. And um, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 15 through 21 has a whole passage explaining how uh, God's whole family will be strengthened in the inner man. Amen. And the reason for that is to so that we can be effective, amen, in spiritual warfare, making it possible for us to walk in dominion, amen. And as stated at the beginning of this study, you know, God wants us to be strong in him. And I believe that through studies like this one, he is equipping us, amen. Uh, again, reminding us that being strong in him implies maintaining a strategic position over the battlefield that the enemy wants to create in our life and in our mind. Amen. 
and therefore that our connection will with him um, will create and establish the basis you know of our strength in him and in the power of his might amen and um in closing let me say this that you know um, if we were to look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, which speaks about the word, we are told that the word of God is alive. It is full of power um, that makes it active, that makes it operative, that makes it energizing and effective. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, you know, the word is able to accomplish God's purposes in every area of our life uh, to take us out of what the enemy has meant for death, for destruction, for sickness, for poverty and weakness, um, and take us into a place of life, a place of health, a place of you know, financial wealth, and a place of strength. And the times that we live in are what the Bible calls perilous times. In other words, they are very difficult times. Um, and therefore, you know, now more than ever, we need to be strong. And our well-being and our prosperity lie in receiving and embracing with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our might, the gospel of Christ, which we are told in Romans 1 and verse 6, 16, is the gospel of Christ is the power that is the dunamis of God unto salvation. The word salvation is the word soteria in the Greek, which speaks of wholeness, of peace, of joy, of prosperity, of healing, and of deliverance to everyone that believes. That is for you and for me. Hallelujah. God wants us strong. So let us strengthen, learn to strengthen ourselves in the Lord, God's way. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that the evil forces operating in this world cannot alter, O oh Lord, the destiny that you have prepared for us as long as we put our trust in Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that the name your name, O oh Lord, is a strong tower into which the righteous enter and are safe. And according to your word, greater are you in us than the devil who is working in the world against humanity. So we thank you, Lord God, that by your grace, we will receive your strength to rise above all obstacles and we will progress to great heights of glory, because this is what you have ordained for us, for your children, for your people, even from the foundation of the world. Lord, we praise you. We glorify you for revealing these things unto us and for enabling us to become partakers of this glory for the praise and to, to the glory of your most holy name and for our own rejoicing. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we thank God for this wonderful study today. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time. God bless you and have a good evening.